barely any flowers or trees adorning them, other than the tiny resilient blooms that crouched underfoot. More than happy to accommodate her father's wishes, Simmy nonetheless preferred the softer and more moderated lower levels. This explained her morning stroll, taking a zigzag route from her house to the hostelry, along lanes that had been colonised by humanity, with gardens and houses taking their place in the picture. The bees at least agreed with her. Azaleas and rhododendrons were in bud, reminding her of her startled surprise at the vibrant colours the year before. Not just the natural purples and pinks, but brilliant orange, deepest crimson, and a wide array of other hues shouted from gardens all over the relatively balmy area around Windermere and Ambleside. Even the wilder reaches of Coniston boasted spectacular displays. Aware that it might be foolish to expend energy on this pre-walk stroll, she nonetheless felt the need to exploit the sunshine and the flamboyant floral displays. It was semi-professional, too. She ought to be apprised of the full range of seasonal blossoms in gardens in order to echo and embellish them in the offerings she stocked at the shop. Flowers were her business, and any lateral information she could acquire would always come in useful. Her father was waiting for her at the pub, sitting at an outside table on a lower level with his dog. She kissed the man and patted the animal. Is he going to cope with such a long walk? she wondered. It was a rather ancient Lakeland Terrier, officially named Bertie, but mostly just called The Dog. His forebears had failed a purity test, it seemed, and poor Bertie had found himself rejected as breeding stock and consigned to a rescue centre until eventually rescued by kindly Russell Straw. Oh, yes, and if he doesn't, we'll have to carry him. When did you last take him on a jaunt like this? About eighteen months ago. We've been waiting all this time for you. That's ridiculous. In spite of herself, she laughed. Poor old chap. He won't know what's hit him. His feet'll be sore for weeks. Not a bit of it. He spends all his time digging up stones. His feet are as tough as iron. He could easily outwalk both of us. Now, let's get on with it. I want to set off by one at the latest. That gave them forty-five minutes to eat a hearty pub lunch with beer to wash it down. We shouldn't walk on full stomachs, Simmy remarked. We'll get a stitch. Better than trying to do it empty. We need the food to give us stamina. At least we've got the weather for it. And listen to those birds. A pair of collared doves cooed at them from an overhead wire, the gentle three-note song, a backdrop that Simmy always loved, despite the blatant lack of musical variety. Her habit of feeding garden birds had attracted another pair of doves to her own little patch, a few hundred yards from the pub, and she'd grown used to waking to their call, imagining that they were deliberately asking her for some breakfast. Russell cocked his head. They're not native, you know. They're quite recent immigrants. I mean, recent. I was about ten years old when the first one settled here. The BBC put them in a medieval radio play by mistake not long ago. Lots of people wrote in about it. Well, they're very welcome, as far as I'm concerned. I agree with you. I also like grey squirrels, even if I get lynched for saying so. She laughed again, after a wary glance around. In Troutbeck... The red squirrel was verging on the sacred, and the grey accordingly considered 
devilish. Anyone overhearing Russell was liable to take exception to his views, but nobody at the neighbouring tables was reacting. Nothing could sully her delight at the carefree afternoon ahead, with the best of all possible fathers. It took a lot to disturb Russell Straw, but then a lot had happened in recent times, and his daughter had certainly caused him some worry over the winter. His wife was the powerful half in the marriage, leaving him to contented pottering and sporadic researches into local history. They ran a somewhat eccentric bed-and-breakfast business in Windermere, in which Angie Straw broke a lot of rules and earned a lot of profound gratitude in the process. Her reviews on TripAdvisor veered from the horrified to the euphoric, depending on how much individuality her guests could stomach. She was a capricious mixture of old-fashioned and hippie, refusing to use guests' first names unless they insisted.